Good morning, everyone. So today we had, a, again, I hope every week, I hope every week you're looking forward to the coming Sunday, and you're looking up the, the Sunday readings, and you're praying with them during the week, and you're, you're thinking about what the Word of God has to say to us. And today we have a pretty obvious theme, we're going to get there. Uh, today I want to start, um, there's a little book I read about a month ago, even less than that, but... Um, not a Catholic author, but it's a Protestant pastor uh, out in Portland. He had a lot of really good things to say. Uh, so it's a book we'll probably put on our bookshelf here at some point. Uh, but it's a little book called The, Re- the Relentless... Ruthless, thank you. The Ruthless, <laughs> the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's a great little book. Um, and so, so we'll dive into that today, and there's a, there's a couple of great images he uses, and I want to start today by using an image that I'm going to steal from him. So this pastor, his name is John Mark Kummer, and he says this, he says, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. If you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. I love that line. I'm going to steal it for the rest of my life. But it's a great, just a great kind of turn of phrase there. Today in our gospel, the rich young man comes up and he kneels before Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We all want that. And today I'm going to use two images. This is the first one. But I want you to think about, I know that I want the life of Jesus, right? Lord, I want your joy. I want your generosity and your freedom. That love that just emanates and radiates from you. Jesus, I want that life. But Lord, do I want the lifestyle that goes hand in hand with the life you give. So John Mark Kummer tells a great story. He says, so he lives in Portland, and uh, Nike is close to Portland, if you didn't know that. And he says in the house he lives in, right across the street, there's an apartment complex. And as a pastor, he says, you know, every morning I go downstairs, I go sit outside, and I'll drink my cup of coffee, which is, you know, proof of God's goodness. And I'll pray in the mornings and just kind of get ready for the day. And he talks about how very frequently at the same time, a group of people from across the street would come out and they would, they're all runners. And he talks about how they could be on, on the cover of Runner's World magazine. Right? And he says it's like they're a Nike endorsement. They're covered from head to, t- to toe in Nike apparel. And they just have that really fit runner's look. Right? He says, like, less than 10% body fat. Like, muscular but not bulky. And they're all kind of warming up. And he says that their warm-up little kind of jot around the block is faster than his sprint. (laughs) I relate. (laughs) But anyway, but he says, I love this. Here's, Here's what he gets to. 
He says, he's looking at them, and he says, I want that life. I want that level of health and energy and vitality. But then I think about the lifestyle behind it. While I was up watching the man in the high castle and drinking red wine until midnight, hypothetical scenario, I promise, they ate celery and drank water for dinner and went to bed at 9 p.m. The reality is I want the life, but I'm not willing to adopt the lifestyle behind it. I think that's how a lot of us feel about Jesus. Love that. I think that is so true. We look at the Lord and we say, Lord, I want that life. I want that joy. I want the kindness you have. I want that heart that loves others the way that you love them. But so many of us, we struggle to live the lifestyle that Jesus teaches. About 200 years ago, and ever since, it's been very vogue in a lot of um, academic kind of circles, but it filters into the broader culture. And there's a movement that says, I don't want to be a Christian, but, uh, but I'm okay with Jesus. And so a lot of people for 200 years, they've tended to say, well, Jesus is a great teacher. I have no problem with his teachings. He teaches great things. But I don't believe he's God. And if you're anything like me, because of that, I spend so much of my life and my time thinking about how I can show people that he really is who he says he is. That he is the Son of God, that he is the creator of the universe, the savior of the world. And I think about my RCIA class, and I think about ways to help lead them there to an act of faith where they look at Jesus and they say, and, you know, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And they say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Maybe you're like me, maybe you're used to those kinds of discussions. But in the midst of that, one of the things that we miss is that Jesus also is a teacher. He's not simply a teacher. He's much more than that. But brothers and sisters, our Savior is also a teacher. And sometimes we forget that he has teachings for how you and I are supposed to live. And if we really are Christians, right, we at least have some inkling that when God teaches us something, it's the best of all ways. And so today, we're going to talk about this teaching of Jesus. Today's teaching is a hard one. Today's teaching is a challenge to you and I about the way that, you, that we relate to money. And if we relate a certain way to money, it will keep us from following Jesus. So roughly, it's, when, we, when you break down Jesus' teaching in the New Testament, about 25% of it is about money. 
at, at our new parish, at my new parish, at St. Louis, I've been debating about whether or not this year we should talk about stewardship. Because when, when a priest talks about stewardship, people kind of throw their head back and they roll their eyes. They're like, all the church ever talks about is money. Uh, Jesus teaches 25% of his teachings are about money. And those are ones that you and I sometimes don't think about. And we all know them, right? But let me read a couple of them to you. Today we had one in Mark chapter 10. Matthew 6 is a prominent place where Jesus talks about money. So in Matthew 6 is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your piety before men. When you give alms, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. You know that. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. A little further down, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. And then Jesus launches into a teaching about how money oftentimes brings anxiety. And if we give our hearts over to material things, it creates anxiety. Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells a parable about a rich man who is wealthy and he has a great harvest. And so he builds extra barns to store all of his grain. And in the parable, God says to the man, you fool. For tonight your life will be required of you and the things you have stored up, to whom will they belong? One last one. I could go on and on. As I always say, you know, I know that you believe me. Uh, one you all know, in Mark chapter 4 and in Matthew 13, Jesus tells the, the parable of the sower. And I love that parable because it convicts me so much. When I hear Jesus talk about that parable, I'm like, every time I just think, Jesus, this parable was meant for me. It just speaks directly to my life. Right, but there's four types of soil. The sower goes out and sows. There's four types. And then in verse 18, Jesus is explaining this to the disciples. And he says, Others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the delight in riches and the desire for other things Enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Amen. And I always say that that type of soil, that's me. I've heard the word of the gospel, it has taken root in my life. But I'm anxious. And I'm worried about other things. 
and fears about money, the love of money, the love of other things, that enters into my soul and it chokes the Word of God. And so we've got to root that out. So today I want to challenge you, as I do every time, because the Word of God challenges us, it's supposed to do that. Right? Jesus is a teacher. And if you and I are not intentional about our relationship to money, if you do not think about your money and think about the teachings of Jesus Christ around it, I promise you it will cause you anxiety. It will cause you to worship mammon. And it will lessen your relationship with God. It will cause you to be just like the rest of the world. And so today there's good news. The freedom that you and I see in him, right? The life. Jesus, I want your life. I want that freedom I see in you, that you're not held back by anything. But you have such freedom, Jesus. Lord, I want that. I want that sort of life. But I know to do that, I have to change the way I live. And I have to not just worship you, but I have to imitate you. It's a really helpful image that I love. And here's the second image for today. By the way, in today's gospel, some of you are called to a radical poverty. And I'm serious about that. Um, I don't know how else to do that. Well, I have one idea, but we won't go into it. But we desperately, in our world today, we do not need more professionals. We do not need, right, more people who uh, know everything that's happening in the news. We do not need more politicians. Desperately today, we need men and women who will offer up their lives for Jesus Christ in a radical way. And I, I just can't help but believe that some of you in this church are called to that. Some of you are called, like the rich young man today, Jesus is going to put his finger on your heart and he will say to you, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. Some of us are called to that. Most of you aren't called to that form of it, but every single Christian is called to live according to the mind of Jesus in regards to wealth. So here we go. So this is a really helpful image. So you get a Hebrew word of the day today, no Greek, uh, which is super weird. But the Hebrew word of the day is peah. Everyone say peah. So peah, and I asked Dr. Gieschek after the last mass, who speaks fluent Hebrew, and he was like, way to go. <laughs> Actually, he didn't say that. He just said it was funny. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, was, I imagined him being like, Peah is a Greek or the Hebrew word for a corner or a border. And in the ancient world, the Jewish people, uh, what they had is a, there's a document called the Mishnah. And long story short, the Mishnah is the oral teachings, the oral tradition of Judaism. And it teaches us a lot about what Jesus' contemporaries thought. And so, peah comes from Leviticus 19.9, 9, 
which I have tattooed on my calf. No, really. <laughs> Leviticus 19.9. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field to its very payoff. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest, and you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. Hear that first part again. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field to its very border, its payoff, to its corner. And here's what I want to challenge you to today, brothers and sisters. What are you doing with your corner? What are you doing with your payoff? In the ancient world, land is the source of all wealth. And if you're a farmer, right, the temptation is to say, my margins are tight this year, or maybe we had a good year, but I can't go without that edge of my vineyard. I can't go without the corner of my wheat harvest. Because what if God doesn't provide next year? And what God commands us I love this. In Leviticus 19, there's a very similar theme in Deuteronomy 15, by the way, is that you and I trust God. Jesus today in the gospel says that it is very difficult for those who put their, tr their trust in wealth to enter the kingdom of God. You and I do not put our trust in money. We put our trust in him. And that's really hard. It's really hard to do. You only will do it if, you're, if you do it intentionally. I even think about it for our church, for Our Lady of Lords. There's always a reason that we don't have enough money. There's always a reason. And five years ago, roughly, we started putting a tithing account into our church at Lords. And every year we said, okay, it's hard for us to do this. We'll start at 4%, you know, and we'll, and we'll build our way up. This year, 8% of our budget as a church from our offertory goes out the door to serve the poor, the needy. We also support Catholic apostolates. Brothers and sisters, that's the corner of our field. When times get lean, it would be so much easier for me to say, we can't do it this year. We're cutting that out of our budget. Do you want to have faith in God? You've got to have your corner, and you've got to not harvest that corner. The image I was thinking of, I thought of this during the last Mass. Right? We're, we're so efficient. We want to be efficient to the very edge. We want to squeeze every drop. And that made me think of my Boda box. Right? You all know what a Boda box is. This means yes. This means no. You are a bunch of liars. Boda box, box wine, right? You have those boxes of wine. And the worst thing on earth 
is if you, you know, you're pouring out your wine and it goes dry, but if you're like me, you know there's still wine in there. <laughs> and a great sin would be to let the Boda Box go to the trash and not get every last drop of that wine out of there, right? Thank you, Jesus. Uh, that's what we do, isn't it? We live and we say, my income is 75000 so I'm going to spend $74,999. I can afford a house at this level, and so I'm going to go to the very, very edge of what I can afford. You and I are not called to live that way. You and I are called to be free from attachment to the love of money and to have space in our life for the poor. So two last things today. I think there's two reasons why Jesus does this. Two reasons why he gives us this teaching. Right? The first thing is it's obvious, is that it's good for the poor. By the way, today we have this huge debate in our country about how do we take care of the poor. And all of it is around the government. The first person to say that the government, at least in Western civilization, that the government is the one who takes care of the poor was Martin Luther. And ever since Martin Luther, Christians have been scared that you and I are the ones who take care of the poor. Not the government. And every study out there, by the way, shows that when Christian organizations love the poor, they do it a thousand times better than a secular government. We've forgotten that. Right? Mother Teresa's sisters, or our missionaries here in Denver with Christ in the City or Catholic Charities, when they help people find housing, they don't just help them find housing. They love them with the love of Jesus Christ. And that's a big deal. We've got to return that. But the second thing is this. Jesus gives us this teaching, yes, for the good of the poor, but he also gives it for your good. If we want to have the life of Jesus, we have to adopt his lifestyle. Do you want to have less anxiety in your life? Do you want to have more freedom? Right? Do you want to be less caught up, right? And if you're 10% you're ahead or 5% behind. If you want to do that, brothers and sisters, you've got to have that corner. You have to sacrifice this part of your life to God. To Jesus today, Lord, I want your life. I want to inherit eternal life. Lord, I want to love people the way you love the rich young man in today's gospel, where you had time for him, where you stopped, where you looked at him and you loved him. And I know I'm too busy for that right now. Every ounce of my day is filled up. And Jesus, I'm too attached to money. Lord, today, Lord, help me to adopt your lifestyle so that I can share in your life.